0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Heels to Healing podcast. It's Dr. Pam. And Dr. Janae. Here with another mental health conversation. But before we get into it, Dr. Janae, how you doing this week?
1: I'm doing okay. I got some balance going on. I'm feeling relieved for the first time in a while. Oh, I like that. I like that. That sounds good. A little bit of
0: relief. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I can't complain. You know, I feel like... I'm coasting. A little bit like last week, I'm still still coasting. Okay, coasting.
1: You ride the wave, ride the wave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this week, I want to kind of expand a little bit on what we were talking about last week. Last week, we were talking about high functioning depression and what it looks like and, you know, all the different symptoms and how to identify it. But I think one of the things we touched on that I want to get a little bit deeper into is just the vulnerability aspect of it. Right. Because a lot of times to understand or to be able to pick out those symptoms, we got to be vulnerable, not only with ourselves, but with like other people in those safe spaces. Right. Yeah. So today we want to kind of see what is vulnerability? What does that even look like? Right. What's Your thoughts on it.
1: Vulnerability is really tricky because we can have a ton of self-awareness, like you said, Mm -hmm. using the high functioning depression as an example, like, oh yeah, I definitely see what they're talking about that resonates with me, or they can identify it in somebody else. But then when we talk about that action, you know, we end every episode, like now it's time to do the work. And so you can have awareness of an issue. You can know what action to take, but to walk in that and to be vulnerable and to relinquish control is where most people get held up at. And so vulnerability is really difficult because It requires so much trust of yourself and so much Uh trust in others. And a lot of times we don't have one of those two, or sometimes we don't have either of them. So when you ask somebody to walk the walk, it's like, oh, I was with you until we got to that. Mm -hmm.
0: There
1: you go. So vulnerability is the most difficult part of the healing journey, I think, or one of the most difficult. But I would say in a lot of cases, it's the most difficult part for folks.
0: For sure. Do you feel like it's more limiting in certain realms than others? Like for me, right? Cause I've talked about like my cultural background and all of that. Right. And there's a lot of stuff that you're, you're just not vulnerable. Like growing up with African parents, soft parenting wasn't a thing. Like they're pretty like in your face, harsh. Right. So you develop a, a thick skin, if you will, and you're very much guarded when it comes to oh, how you're feeling or, you know, certain things. So it's like, how can you be vulnerable in that aspect, right? Because you were taught early, like, mm -mm, there's no space for that. Just get to it. You need to do, go to school, get the grade, you know, just do what you need to do. It's all about results. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how you get there.
1: Right. And you did touch on that last week. And you've touched on that when you center your culture, because that's a huge part of your identity, right? So... Mm -hmm. So much of our ability to be vulnerable or our resistance to being that way does come from our worldview. And vulnerability, culturally speaking, is not something that we as Black folks, and I would argue as a lot of folks of color, have Mm -hmm. been socialized to understand and to walk in. And that is because of the historical implications of racism and how we have been socialized to have to figure out life, like you said, to just get it done. We don't have time to be doing the feelings and the emotions and the softness and the, the support and all of those things. So that has fostered an environment where it's like, I am very action oriented. I'm very laser focused on what needs to mm-hmm. get done. And I don't even have the ability, capacity or the luxury to focus on how I'm feeling or to lean into that. So it is very much a byproduct of our cultural background. Mm-hmm. And so we struggle with emotional intelligence. That's the first part of being vulnerable. You have to be in tune and sound. You're, you need to be in tune with your emotion. So what am I feeling? Where is this coming from? How can I express that emotion in a healthy way? How can I allow others to come into that journey with me? Mm -hmm. And then that's where vulnerability is cultivated. But we don't even have the emotional intelligence because like you said, our parents didn't have it. Our grandparents didn't have it. Nope. The black folks we grew up around, that's just not where it comes from. So there's a call for us internally and individually to figure it out, but it's also interpersonally and on a cultural and societal level for us to even be able to be vulnerable.
0: For sure. Because if we don't know how to label or correctly identify the emotions that we're feeling, how can we express that, right? Um, A lot of times people assume that there's only a couple of emotions. Like you can be mad, like that's acceptable. You can be happy, that's acceptable. And everything else in between is just suck it up and push through. Mm -hmm. When it's like, wait, no, no, no. There is a whole host of things going on within me. And just because I didn't identify it or just because I don't know what to call it doesn't mean it's not happening.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think to take it a step further as it pertains to the cultural aspect, that notion of strong black woman, which we continually push up against. We're like, yo, that's dead. Don't nobody want to be a strong black woman. We want to walk in this phase of softness and understanding and ease. But that's how we have been conditioned. Black women are strong. We handle everything. We carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. We talk about that in season one. That was the foundation and the basis of my dissertation. Right. So that's who we are. We just make it happen. Men, black men, if we take it all the way back to slavery, like black men were, were sought after because of their physical stature, their strength, their physique. Uh Like, so we just have this notion of physical strength, emotional strength, and that has been our survival skill. That's the way we've gotten through life. So it's like, wait, you want me to do what? Tap into my feelings and discuss them and, ex- and expect you to care about them and help me through them. It's like, that's not how I've made it through life up until this point. So what y'all talking about? So the limitations are often not just on we as individuals being resistant. It's about the fact that we're speaking a foreign language to people.
0: Very much so. And it's like you touched on the strong black woman, right? And then conversely, that toxic masculinity, right? That I can't cry. You know, if I I have emotions that's seen as weakness and a lot of Mm -hmm. times because, and if you want to look into like the historical implications, it's like, if you show emotion, if you show any type of quote unquote weakness, that's what's used against you, right? That is what's used Mm -hmm. as a way to either manipulate or a way to um, come against you in some kind of way. So we've been kind of conditioned and programmed to say, even if I feel this way, I need to sit on it and tuck it. Because if anybody finds out, they're going to use it against me. They're going to come against me. They're going to attack me in some kind of way. It's always going to be uh, my, I guess, Achilles heel, if you will. When actually we can derive so much strength from that from our emotions and understanding them and being able to identify them. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, like you said, that's the message that's been received is emotion equals weakness and it's been used against us. But we as a culture have internalized that and we've weaponized emotion because the second Mm -hmm. you start to speak up about how you're feeling or what emotions you're experiencing, you're being dramatic. You're doing too much. You're being soft. Like you said. So we've actually used that And we have continued to perpetuate that notion. So there's a lot of unlearning that takes place. And so before this episode is over, we're hoping that people are listening and they're like, okay, so what do we do? And I think in talking about misconceptions, one misconception about those of us in the mental health field is, again, we got the answers. We got it figured out. We're walking in all of these things completely, totally, perfectly, right? And that is far from the truth. (laughs) But I think it's important if people are able to understand how we've navigated our journeys of being more vulnerable and leaning into expressing our emotions for ourselves, because we, we're clear on how we do it with clients, how we do it in session. But do you want to spend a little bit of time talking about how you walked into being a more vulnerable person?
0: I think I'm still walking. I'm still I, I'm still trying to figure out my way, right? Because... because of the work we do, because of the things we went to school for, I understand there's a different way to be. I understand Mm -hmm. the drawbacks and the different things that growing up that my environment or my culture wasn't able to um, provide me with, if you will. And Mm -hmm. now I'm in the process of trying to figure it out and trying to figure out where I land on all of that. What trust looks like for me, what safe spaces look like for me, right? And who I can be vulnerable with and who I can trust, right? And sometimes it's figuring out how to trust myself, you know? Yeah. And that's a big one because sometimes it's like we're not lying to everybody else, we're lying to ourselves, right? When people are pointing that it part. out, like, oh, well, honey. something's off, something nah, nah nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And it's like, wait, why you why you hunkering down on this so tough? You you trying to convince them or you? Right? So I think part of it is realizing when I'm not being vulnerable with myself and understanding when it's okay to acknowledge the fact that something's off or I feel a way or I need to take some time for myself. For example, just for me, I think a lot of times when people hit me up, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Da, 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 my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, everything's good. Bless the honey favorite. You know, like, and it, even when it's not that, it feels like almost an a automatic response. And it's like, no, this is your sister. This is your friend. If you're not feeling good, just say you're not feeling good. And it's okay. But for me, I know that that leads into me having to accept the fact that I don't feel good. And sometimes that's harder than explaining it.
1: Yeah, that confrontation. Um for me in my journey with vulnerability, I feel like similar to you I'm still walking in it, right? But it's been a long path for me um and growing up I was a hothead, like I mean quick mm. to anger, quick like firecracker. And some may mm. are going to still like that, you know. I've done a lot <laughs> of work. Um if you take me there, we we can get there, but I've grown so much in that area and I've had to learn on my own. And then with better understanding as a therapist, that anger was always that, like you said, go to emotion because it was acceptable Mm -hmm. and it was a shield. Um, So Mm -hmm. if I presented as angry, I didn't have to deal with and address what I was really feeling underneath that anger. And Mm -hmm. I walked that path a very long portion of my life. And so it took me to really stop and challenge myself and say, no, like you said, what are you really experiencing right now because it came off as anger you lashed out you cussed him out shut him out whatever it was Mm -hmm. but what was that actual trigger so I had to sit there and deal with these uncomfortable and unknown emotions that I never gave space to because again I knew I knew happiness I knew how to be tired I knew to be angry so it was like okay cool got this short little list very simple autopilot but to then be like Mm -hmm. I feel embarrassed I feel humiliated I feel mm. overlooked, like, hold on, wait a minute. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to navigate that. I don't know how to communicate that to you because in internalizing these messages that we've received years and years and years and years, it's like, now, like you said, it's weakness. Now I have to come to you and be like, you hurt me. You wronged me. You violated my trust. And so hearing those things can make you cringe if you haven't sat enough with them. And I tell my clients that a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm trying to get to this next phase of life. And I'm like, yeah, the only way through it is to do it like and they don't like that part. I'm like that we can keep talking about it. We can keep processing. We can keep giving journal exercises, deep breathing. But until you get up and go do that thing that, you know, is on the other side of your healing, we're going to keep having the same conversation. So I had to practice what I was preaching. Be like, okay, I need to sit with these uncomfortable emotions and identify them. And that took a long time. That for me took longer than actually then doing something with the identified emotions. Cause there's so much denial. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so after I sat and was like, okay, you're living in denial, get it together. Come on. Then it's okay. Now you build up the courage and the hope to have the conversation with folks. So for me, that went to go back and have conversations with severed relationships or distant or estranged relationships and okay. being like, hey, you know, this is how I've been feeling. And that started with parents going to my parents and explaining to them the ways in which I felt wrong or the ways in which I felt insert these emotions that typically presented as anger, typically presented as hostility and then making the commitment to do different in new relationships. So that is how I came to this space of being vulnerable and how I continuously challenge myself to walk in vulnerability. It's that personal and internal confrontation and recognition. Mm -hmm. Then it is that communication. And then it's that commitment to do the opposite of how we've been taught, trained and conditioned to be when it comes to talking about our emotions.
0: For sure. I think it's really interesting that we're like two sides of the same coin, right? So when when you're met with those uncomfortable feelings or emotions, you're like, let me fight them up off me. Anger. Boom. Listen. Like, get up off me, right? Me, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to be uncomfortable. It, everything's good. Yep, yep. Everything is good. We all right. Mm-hmm. Let's move along, right? But it's crazy because all of that comes to a head, right? Cause there'll be the time where you'll be too tired. Cause like, I feel like I'm fighting everybody. And yeah. for me, I would get to the place where I'd get the volcanic anger. Like it's just like oh, eruption. And now I'm just destroying everything in my path. And they're like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> you mm-hmm. said everything was fine. I'm just like, ah, you know, and I'm hitting everything. Right. And it's just like, all of that is the avoidance, whether you're, pushing with anger, whether you're minimizing whatever it is, all of it is avoiding what's really going on. Avoiding Mm -hmm. to sit in it, avoiding to identify it, avoiding to even acknowledge it. Right. So what do we do with that? What's the what's the first step? That avoidance
1: piece is really important. I think that's the precursor to making the change because you're avoiding your emotions because you either don't know how to deal with them, you don't want to deal with them, Or you feel like they won't be accepted. Mm. So you have to quiet all of that noise, right? And then that's when you have to be like, I'm doing this because it's what I need to do. It doesn't matter how you perceive me. It doesn't matter how you receive what I have to say, because this is not a guarantee that when you walk in vulnerability and you try to cultivate a space of vulnerability that people are going to reciprocate that. There's no guarantee. So you have to be sound and say, this is what I need, this is what's best for me and for my healing. I don't want to be in perpetual conflict with myself. I don't want to lash out every time somebody does something that doesn't keep me in a happy state. I don't want to bottle it in until I Mm explode or until I feel isolated and retreat from the world. So I'm going to do this vulnerability thing because I've bought into what they're talking about. Dr. Janae and Dr. Pam spitting a little bit, so let me see. But Mm -hmm. if you're still operating from the perspective of what if or what is so-and-so going to say or how is so-and-so going to act, then you're already coming at it from a deficit perspective. So it's making that commitment in spite of the external noise, because the external noise is why we're not vulnerable to begin with. Come on, come on.
0: That is the, what, the fog machine that's keeping us from doing what we need to do, right? So Mm -hmm. I like how you said that. So first you kind of start off with that self-reflection and identification within yourself, right? That's where it starts. And then finding the courage and the trust to express and discuss this with other people and yourself. Cause you start yeah. with the internal conversation and okay? you go to therapy, you figure it out with your therapist and you devise a game plan. Then you start figuring out where is the safe face? These people are in my circle, my tribe. Like, why am I not using them? Why am I not trusting them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I do, should they be in my tribe? If I, well, if I don't trust them, should they be in my tribe? Right. Um, right. And finding the courage to just express What we're really feeling, instead of reacting, Mm because realistically, that's what we're doing when we're not being true to ourselves. We're just reacting, whether it be a big reaction or small reaction, a retrieval or a fight or flight. You know, it's it's a reaction. But if we are able to identify what's really going on and try to process that, then we're able to curate safe spaces. We're able to be more intentional with the connections we make, conversations we make, people we have around us. And mm-hmm. once we figure it out, we keep doing it. Like you said, it's not like, what's the trick? It's no trick. We just got to keep doing it. The persistence, mm-hmm. right? The persistence to continue to make those, self, those safe spaces. The persistence to continue to practice and check in with yourself. And just laying those foundations with new relationships and new interactions. And if you kind of lead with vulnerability, you'll be able to stay in that.
1: Yeah. in the same way that we have fought so hard to keep the wall up and to keep the shield up, we have to use that same endurance to check ourselves. Like, OK, like you said, my reaction is I'm good. I'm good. Everything's good. Less than highly favored. You have to challenge yourself to be like, no, how do I feel and how do I communicate that so it's truthful and so that it is vulnerable? So I do let you in to what I'm experiencing. So I do give you the opportunity to show up for me. Or allow me to lean on you. So the same way you fought to push those emotions away, you have to fight to leave the door open. And so it is genuinely an art. It is this balancing act of like, Mm. this is what my body is telling me to do. This is what I am trained to do. But this is what I need to do for my betterment and for my healing. Like you said, so when friends are trying to show up and families trying to show up, let them show up. But they can't show up if you don't alert them that something's going on. You don't alert them that they've upset you or offended you or that you're not comfortable in moving in these ways. So you have to continuously choose vulnerability and recognize that doing so is an act of self-love.
0: And it's funny because you said uh, let them and give them the opportunity to show up. Right. There's one thing I always say to clients. It's like we cannot fault people for what we didn't tell them we needed. Right. Right. So we can't say, ain't nobody showing up for me. Nobody this and nobody that. If we didn't take that step to be vulnerable enough to say, this is what I need. Nobody Mm -hmm. can read our mind. Although we feel like they can, they really cannot. We gotta say it.
1: Say it and mean it. And you need to say it in a way that communicates what you're feeling. I think Mm -hmm. we often try to put things in little boxes. I don't wanna do this. You're not gonna talk to me like that. But be more vulnerable with that statement. Hey, when you say that, that actually makes me feel really insecure about our friendship. Mm. Or when you say that, it really bothers me. That reminds me of when my aunt used to say these things to me and it really embarrassed me. It hurt me. Like you you are going a step further to connect what is happening in the present to how it makes you feel from past experiences or how that's something that just doesn't align and sit right in your spirit. So we we talk about boundaries and I think a lot of people misunderstand boundaries. As y'all said, I let people know what they can't do to me or what I'm not gonna tolerate and what I'm not gonna accept. And yeah, there's a place for that in boundaries, but there's also a level of vulnerability in boundaries because you are saying, I don't want something to occur or I'm only having space for this. But when you look at and you reflect on the why, that's the vulnerable part. Why do you need mm-hmm. to set this boundary in place? And have you communicated that? Because again, people can't be at fault for not recognizing that they're doing something that is unintentionally hurting you when you haven't communicated why this is an issue for you.
0: Right. Clearly. Because just like anger is that like go to emotion, everybody has their defense mechanism. Mine's mm-hmm. off top is comedy. I'm, listen, I'm dropping little passive aggressive jokes. I'm just, you know, because for me sometimes it's like <laughs> if I say it with a little hee hee ha ha, maybe you'll pick up what I'm putting down. Mm-hmm. It's like, "No. No. Don't say it with a joke. Don't say it with a little uh funny in the background. Say it with your full chest and say what you really feel. And don't let people sit there and try to decode what you're saying. Just say it.
1: Yeah, then and only say then
0: can you hold them accountable. Then and
1: only right. then can you be held accountable. Right. And I think one of the places where it may be easier because it's like, okay, you're telling me to reflect, identify how I feel and immediately go to communicating it, immediately go to confronting it. And that may be a little bit too scary for people. That may be a little bit out of their comfort zone or they're still developing the skill. But one thing I always say is, yes, more times than not, do we as therapists promote journaling? Sure. But journaling is one of the first and safest places you can navigate this vulnerability. Whether you are writing it out, typing it on a note of your phone, audio recording it, saying it to yourself. But when you are able to sit and process your true thoughts and feelings and get them out of your head and your heart onto or into something else, that is where you'll really see what's going on. What is the root cause of this issue? Mm -hmm. So that is one of the first places after you've done the reflection and the contemplation, get into a journal. Whether it is a free write journal, whether it is a uh a scripted journal with prompts, like I said, just the new notes app in your phone, whatever it is you will find that that release is so therapeutic. And Mm -hmm. from that, there's so much discovery. You're like, wow, I didn't even know I was experiencing or feeling these types of ways because we repress it so deep down that you may not even be cognizant of what's going on or how deeply impacted you are. So that journal, that reflection exercise is really a way to actually walk into this vulnerability that we're talking about.
0: For sure. And everyone expresses it in different ways, I've noticed. And I've had some clients that are really artistic and love to draw and whatever else, right? And sometimes they're like, I don't have the words. Like, I don't know what you want me to say here, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's as simple as getting that sketchbook and drawing your feelings and then going back and trying to like process it, like, okay, why did I use these colors? What is this? What does that mean? And, And describing it in that way. Because a lot of times it's like, where do I even start with this journal? What do I say? Who, like, none of that matters. It's just start doing it. Whether it's art, whether it's music, and you're putting together sounds, whether it's actually doing a video or doing an audio recording or writing it down, just start. And as you're getting it out, it forces you to organize your thoughts. It forces you to be like, well, why use all this red in this picture? Am I really upset? Or is it something else? Does the red symbolize something else? Is that hurt? Is that pain? Um. Well, why do I keep saying this? That's not really what I mean. I mean this instead, okay? And it helps you kind of organize as well as externalize the feelings. Because if we leave it in our head and we're just stuck in reflection, we're not doing anything. It's like being stuck in, in uh, neutral, if you will, mm-hmm. right? We're not going anywhere. The car is on.
1: But we're not going anywhere. We're just, just wallowing. And you burning up the gas for what? For what? Do something with it. Now you won't eat and you ain't got nowhere closer to point B. So now you're mad. mad. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not going to call nobody and ask for a ride because that's weakness. So So what are we doing? So what are we doing? So I love how you said that. You sit and you reflect on what you're feeling. And in whatever way is most comfortable to you in that moment, you get it out. Mm -hmm. And as you continue that practice, and like you said, that persistence... Then it becomes a part of your normal. You are recoding your mind and your heart to be like, okay, this is how I operate. This is how I build community that's sustainable, that's meaningful, Mm -hmm. that's intentional. So that's what you have to do. Take the baby steps. And then once you feel comfortable in those baby steps, challenge yourself to that next level. But vulnerability is the only way that you can actually embark on a healing journey. Yes, ma'am. I love that. So I hope that's helpful for you all. We're going to transition into today's listener letter, which it looks like it actually has some vulnerability components. So I'm gonna pitch it to you, Dr. Pam, and I want you to help them out. So this person, uh, his name is Tyree, says, so I shot my shot at the start of 2023 and I lost. I've been trying to recoup and have been barely making it by financially, which is impacting literally everything in my life. I want to use these last months of 2023 to really grow and push myself to be a better me and relaunch my business. But I know I need to make moves in order to do that. But I be doubting myself. How can I move past that mindset without messing up everything I already got going on? Because one more misstep and your boy is about to be on the streets.
0: Mm. That's deep. I understand. It's, it, I feel like there's something when we shoot that shot and we miss. Oh, that humbling factor of it it makes you second guess everything. Trust me. I know. Everything. Everything. But it's like, we can't sit in that because although we missed one shot, we got to take another one for it to make it. We can't make the shot unless we take another one. So I understand you felt your feelings. You, you recognize that you missed the shot. You take your moment, but then you Dust yourself off, and you get up, and you step with purpose. And the only way you can step with purpose is clearly defining what it is you want, reflecting on the missed shot, and seeing where you missed, what was the drawback, why it didn't land, how you wanted to do it, and you fix that because all it is is a lesson. The missed shot is just a lesson. So what do you learn from it? It's hard to confront those emotions in the moment, but if you use some of that vulnerability we was talking about today. And you really sit with yourself and you like, well, what messed me up this time? What is what pulled me back and stopped me from reaching that ultimate goal? And you take that and you tweak it and you move on to the next step and you shoot the next shot with a better, better informed shot. You feel what I'm saying? Whatever business that you're trying to build and whatever goal is next for you, We have to get that long term goal, but we also have to break it down in realistic, manageable steps and see what it takes to get to each step and move accordingly and intentionally with the information we gain from whatever mistakes we made in the past.
1: Definitely. And one thing I would add to that, I think that was perfectly stated, but in the letter I think if you look at it from a perspective where you allow vulnerability to get in is fear is completely in the way of what Mm -hmm. your heart is calling you to do. You launched a business. You were passionate about that. It was something you felt you were you were put on this earth to do. Right. And it didn't go as planned. But that feeling has not gone away. It's just the fear that you've allowed to be like, I don't want to do it again. But that vulnerability, if you sit with that, it's like, okay. this is what I need to do. This this service, this product, this is something that I am so connected to, or it is going to benefit my audience so much. I'm going to do it. Right. We talk about that. We hate hearing our voices. We hate being on these platforms <laughs> on. and having to do all the things, but we are so drawn to making sure that mental health is something that we're talking about in our communities that we show up, we push through and we're vulnerable to be like, okay, girl, let's make it happen. So I think this podcast is a manifestation of us continuously challenging ourselves to be vulnerable for something that we feel called and drawn to do. So that is what I would empower you to do, Tyree. And you got this. So best of luck on your business when it relaunches and you get it on its feet, tap in with us so we can support it, shout you out. We are rooting for you. And therapist recommendation that I want to leave you all with today, which is in alignment with the topic. We talked about vulnerability and one of the ways you can start is with journaling. So I'm going to give you a journal prompt. And that journal prompt is what has prevented you from being vulnerable in your relationships? That's the first part. And the second part is who and where can you take the first step in vulnerability with? So I told you to journal. Free writing may not get you there. So I'm going to give you a guided prompt. And I'm going to say it one more time. What has prevented you from being vulnerable in your relationships?" And who and where can you take the first step in vulnerability with? That is your challenge for the week. That is your homework. I hope that you take me up on that challenge and you find some new great things about where you are on this journey and you embark on it.
0: I love that. I can't wait to hear you guys share that with us. And that's our episode for this week. Thanks for tuning in and taking time to connect with us. But now it's time to do the work, do the journal props, do the reflection, be vulnerable, and you got this. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and check out our free mental health resource guide linked in the notes. Please leave us a review because it helps others find us and it also lets us know what you're thinking and if you're vibing with us. We'll do a weekly call for listener letters on Instagram. So write us for a chance for us to give you some insight from your homegirls who happen to be therapists. See you next week. Bye.